Hey, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 2nd of May, 2023. Yes, man. Oh, my days. What a day. You know what? I've absolutely crushed today. It's actually Monday. I'm recording. You know what? It's Monday. I'm recording. It's 6.23 p.m. And in about two and a half hours, my girlfriend will land at Sydney Airport, and I'm going to be there to pick her up with some flowers. Um, my friend has lent me her car for the evening, and I'm going to pick her up, and I want to see my girlfriend for the first time since December. Isn't that something? Oh, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> I picked the tea up from the cup part, not the handle part. And then I couldn't put it down quick enough and it burnt my little fingies. No. <sighs> Isn't this cool, man? I'm going to pick up my girlfriend. I'm going to see her for the first time and it's been four and a half months. <clears throat> it's a long time. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of hard. But also good. In a way, I'm scared. I'm excited. I'm nervous. You know, what if it's not good? What if... I think what um, I was kind of saying to her the other day, like it's interesting what we're doing now and all the plans that we're making are kind of made with in, in like with faith in the feelings that we felt when we were together in December because that's the last time I saw her. And like, you know, it's been great, all the talking that we've done and everything, and it's like really nice to talk to her and we laugh and we have jokes and whatever. But it's not the same as a relationship to just talk on the phone every day. So all the plans that we're making are kind of made with a shared trust that when we meet back up and then continue spending time together it's going to be the same and there's a fear that it won't be there's an anxiety you know and of just like how silly it would be how silly i would feel if it wasn't that's the anxiety so um yeah it's really scary but i'm really proud of us for sticking it out through this period and putting the work in to keep the flame alive and protect it and um I'm excited to see her and it just is great. Oh, I'm loving drinking the tea. You know what? I had a great night on Thursday night. <clears throat> Went to um, Ivana Ostegeta's house. The great, peerless, incredible. I love how on podcasts, and maybe I'm just talking about Bill Burr, but it feels like on a lot of podcasts when people start talking about other people who are in the industry like public people rather than private people it's always like you got to big them up and i think that's funny like that on no podcast ever is someone like i went round ivana is to get his house he's my friend but he's not funny <laughs> like no one ever mentions their friend in a like <laughs> negative way <laughs> No one's ever like, hey, look, I am friends with this person, but I just want to differentiate 
the kind of personal friendship that we have from any kind of professional relationship because in the strongest possible terms, they suck. (laughs) I want to say that I'll start doing that on this podcast, but I don't want to. Ivan's a great friend and he's also a great comedian. And as I discovered on Thursday, he's a fucking sick cook. He can cook. Cook. Cook, cook, cook. It's weird to say. He's a sick cook. Sick cooker. That's difficult to say. That's what that was. Um, he's great, man. He had dinner, invited me around, a couple other comics, other mates in the industry or whatever, and we had dinner and I... I'd baked some bread that afternoon. <laughs> I sound like I'm getting emotional. I'd baked some bread. <laughs> I'd baked some bread, so I took that round. We had pudding. I had some of my my alcohol-free wine. We had a wonderful dinner full of rich, heavy food. And then we retired to the lounge room um, to just chat and... Uh, we were talking about Comedy Festival and, you know, how our runs were and all of that and the best shows that we saw. And they were telling me about <clears throat> Gillian Cosgriff's show, which won, she won um, the most outstanding show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. A great honour. And I didn't get to see her show and they were talking about it and Yvonne said it was amazing and beautiful, but he said it wasn't that funny. There weren't that many jokes in it. I don't know why I'm bringing that up actually because I don't... It's not important. He was effusive in his praise of it but he said that it wasn't necessarily like a stand-up show because what the show was, was... um, So the show was called Actually Good. Actually, good. As in like genuinely good, I assume. I don't know. I didn't see it. But the idea was that everyone has a list of 10 things. Oh, sorry. No, everyone you, you, everyone has to make a list of like their 10 favorite things. And you know, number one, number two, number three, you know, it's like your, your family or your favorite place or a holiday or whatever. But you get down to number 10 and these are things that are great, but they're great in a very subtle kind of ordinary way almost like sublime things and she gets the audience to get those things at number 10 and share them and she gives some examples and so people are going like uh what were people I, I don't know what people were saying but no let me try and remember some that the guys said or like, like one of mine would be waking up in the morning and looking outside and you're in your warm room, but you look out the window and there's like mist on the grass, but the sun is shining. It's like a cold morning with sun and you know that it's about to warm up. One of those. I can't remember any others, but the one that the guys said that was great was making the perfect cup of tea and then having the time to enjoy it. And that was one. They said like, you know, because in the show, Gillian offers up her good moments and everyone goes, ooh, and then people start, people get a bit bold and then everyone starts kind of shouting theirs out and there's great ones and beautiful ones and whatever. And uh, 
when someone says a good one, all the people around them go like, oh, yeah. And that's the joy of the show. And then through the show, she tells a story about a friend of hers who, uh, as she apparently puts it, ran out of happy and um, took their own life, um, which is very sad. And therein lies the story and the catharsis of the show. And let's all remember to remember our happy things and whatever. Sounds like a great show. Wish I'd seen it. She's not even on tour. She's not on fucking tour, this loser. What a fucking idiot. Surely she's going on tour soon. <laughs> what a fucking loser. <laughs> but anyway, the reason that resonated with me, I think, is because as soon as whoever it was at our dinner who said that, making the perfect cup of tea and then having the time to enjoy it, I was like, that's what I do every week on the pod. Isn't that nice? Every week on the pod, and what this podcast is for me, in a way, is I force myself, I make a cup of tea, and then I force myself to sit down and take the time to just be with myself and enjoy the tea that I made. And this is really one of the moments, the only moments that I get in my week reliably that I take every week to just be with myself and with you guys and not do anything else. Isn't that so fucking cool, man? I really am so grateful for this podcast. My friend Peter Jones, the beautiful, incredible Peter Jones. <laughs> just uh, today, actually. Oh, let me find it. He, during the pandemic, started doing this thing where he would write himself into a movie every week, um, I guess, to practice screenwriting, script writing, and um, just, uh, you know, he loves films. And also it was the pandemic and he just didn't have any stand-up to do, so he just started this newsletter. And um, I loved it. I didn't read that many, but the ones that I read were really great and I never unsubscribed. Um, but anyway, today... He signed off. And you know what? I might even read the whole thing. Maybe I'll read the whole thing. I fucking love Peter Jones, man. Peter Jones is one of the great Joneses. It's Aiden Jones, Peter Jones, and I think that might be it. You know what? Let's have a look. <laughs> oh, Terry Jones, the guy from Monty Python. What about this? Famous Joneses in history. Let's have a look here. Tom Jones, James Earl Jones, Quincy Jones, Tommy Lee Jones, Brian Jones. What fictional character is called Jones? Cleopatra Jones, Jessica Jones, and Indiana Jones are all fictional characters of remarkable cool with names to match. <laughs> okay, I'll click your fucking article, mate. What do we got? <laughs> How Jones became one of the world's most common last names. Upon arriving at the city's Millennium Center, what? In 2006, ooh, 1,224 Joneses descended on the city of Cardiff in Wales with just one mission, to be themselves. Is this a long article? Oh, it's a fucking huge article. 
Well, let's see how long it takes. I'm going to fucking unsubscribe from this quicker than I'll unsubscribe from Peter Jones's fucking... Upon arriving at the city's Millennium Center, they were greeted with a live performance by Grace Jones and the opera soprano Dame Gwyneth Jones. Video messages of support were sent by the actress Catherine Zeta-Jones and the singer Tom Jones. By the end of the evening, they had successfully smashed the record for the largest gathering of people with the same surname in the world, more than doubling the previous effort held by a mustering of Norbergs in Sweden. Norberg? Ugh. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> What about Ung, NG, the Vietnamese last name? That's got to be way more common than Jones. The choice of Wales for such a convocation was a no-brainer. Jones is one of the most popular surnames in the world, but Wales is the Jones capital. Close to 15% of its population shares the surname. Wow. No shit. Creating a veritable superabundance of Joneses in the small country. Indeed, when Wales took part in the Six Nations Rugby Championship in 2008, there were seven players on the 15-man team called Jones, causing occasional difficulties for the commentators. And that's the end of that. I'm not going to read more. Anyway, there's a lot of Joneses. And my, my second favourite one is Peter Jones. My first favourite one is me, Aidan Jones. He put, do I want to read this whole thing? Do you guys like when I read stuff on the pod? I think I like it. I, <laughs> you know what? It's my fucking podcast, all right? Oh, yeah. Take that angry sip of tea, Aiden. <laughs> give yourself a, make the perfect cup of tea and then give yourself a moment to enjoy it angrily in spite of the people who listen to you week after week. So every week he does, uh, if I were in dot, 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 and then the movie. And that's the thing, you know, this week he's done. If I were on dot, 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 hiatus. Hello, it's me, Peter Jones. Thank you to everybody who has read one of these newsletters over the last three years. I started writing them back in the second big Melbourne lockdown of 2020. And wouldn't you know it, I have slightly less time on my hands these days with other projects here in the city of London. For example, my daily task of studying English phrase books so I can figure out what any of them are ever saying. I've really enjoyed writing these newsletters and the feedback has always been very nice and the unsubscribing has been minimal, which is, in its own way, a huge win. Thank you for taking the time out of your week to read any of my dumb opinions on any of these dopey-ass movies that I like or hate. This is the end of the newsletter for the foreseeable future, but who knows, maybe there'll be another huge pandemic and I'll end up with all these extra hours to fill watching and writing about horror movies. Fingers crossed, eh? My apologies to anybody who was hoping to read my future adventures up against Cocaine Bear or Megan. If you don't already, please blah, blah, blah. And if you're in Edinburgh, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for being a part of the newsletter. Full archive is here if you ever miss it. This would be a great time. You know what? Maybe I'll post that in the show notes this week. I never really do show notes, but... Maybe I'll put Peter Jones's backlog of he wrote himself. He wrote scenes from every movie. He like critiqued these movies and then wrote himself into a scene from the movie. And they were fucking really funny, man. They were so good. I actually loved them. Um, but this is the bit that really got me. So he he would do the critique of the movie and then at the end he would do a little you know script bit of like whatever. And this is the last one, and he's put. Uh, thank you for being a part of the newsletter. The archive is here. And then a little thing of script. External, street, afternoon. Peter Jones, brackets, bold. Clambers into his silver Toyota Camry. He starts the engine. Fallout Boys, Chicago is two years ago, pierces the air. The Camry roars off down the street, 
into the sunset. Oh, isn't that wonderful? That really got me, man. I just, it made me nostalgic for a thing that I never even really engaged with that heavily. I liked seeing them in my inbox every week. And maybe on two or three occasions, I read one and then read another three or four. Like I would always read a bunch because they they were good. But you know, it wasn't a huge part of my life, but it's just so nice riding off into the sunset. Oh, Peter. Anyway, so that was nice, huh? <clears throat> yeah, Thursday, dinner. Uh, what else have I been doing this week? Hey, let's have a look. Oh, man, big shout-outs. Oh, now, fucking, I've forgotten Homeboy's name, and he's literally listening right now. <laughs> big shout-outs to Dylan. <laughs> I had a wonderful day on Saturday with uh, Dylan, who listens to the pod, who I'm sure will be listening right now, and just heard me forget his name, <laughs> um, doing an episode of his podcast called Good Friends on Saturday. We went to the library. Do you know, in the Melbourne State Library, you can book a fucking room and like there's like old podcast studios and broadcast not broadcast shit but like recording shit it's incredible it's free you just have to do an induction so you know how to use the shit and then you can go in there and do it but man people are smart i feel like no one in my world is aware of that at all i mean it's good that i spent all this money on recording shit so i can take it around with me but on the other hand Fuck, how handy to not have to buy anything and go into the state library and use it for free. You could fucking book that room out for a whole day, do a shitload of interviews on professional equipment. I mean, damn. That's all I'm trying to say. Hey, so we went in there, then we went and had lunch. It was so great. Um, we went to her... Uh, this joint, I can't remember what it's... Uh, what's the name of the street? I can't remember. Ooh, but you know what? I wrote a poem about it. It's poetry time on sitting under a tree. Let me get my fucking poetry book here. I've been enjoying writing the poems still. I think this one was actually quite good. This was a few weeks ago. There's a street in the city. It's a little laneway and it's got one of the best cafes, one of the best bakeries, one of the best bars. On this tiny ass little laneway now. Where was it? Where was it? Here we go. All right. Before the turn of midday, people sit on every tiny curb or empty space. The bakery will soon be selling out and Little Rogue will shut. But even then, you're crazy if you drive down Drury Lane. That's nice. Hey. That's nice. Oh, that's the name of the podcast this week. That's nice. I feel like more and more as I get comfortable doing this podcast, it becomes less and less funny. <laughs> it's just like, that's nice. That's nice. And uh, what Dylan did say that I liked as good feedback was... Um, it's fun when I discover the name of the podcast every week. That's one of the nice traditions on the podcast. And I was like, you know what, bros? You're right. 
That's one of my favorite moments too, is discovering the name of the podcast. Now, what's the picture going to be this week? And then I'm going to talk about some other stuff. Maybe it'll be a photo of me with some Doritos. Yeah, that's fun. I fucking, I was at a gig on Wednesday night. I was at Sugar Glider and I saw someone. It was my boy, Andrew Hamilton posted a, uh, an Instagram story of a comedian, but instead of a head, it had a Dorito chip and it was like a video of a Dorito chip head man doing jokes. And he was like, this is the new direction. And I saw that and I was like, fuck man, I need some Doritos. <laughs> and it was like literally nine fifty eight, And, uh, where Sugar Glider is, is on Johnson street in Fitzroy. There's a, uh, Coles just up the street. And I was like, looked on the, my phone and it was like closing soon. So they close at 10 all because I saw a fucking story. I, I left the bar with just my phone and sprinted down the street to Coles <laughs> to try and catch them before they closed so I could get a pack of Doritos. They were closed. And I went to, uh, <laughs> it was so funny. I wondered if, it, as I was running down the street, I remember thinking, <clears throat> has anyone from the gig seen me leave? Because that's just like, I don't know what it is. I always want to do things right now. Like, I knew as I was running to Coles that if I didn't make it, there's a 7-Eleven down one end of the street and there's a servo at the other end of the street, like on the same block. So, like, it's fine. But I was like, oh, maybe it's cheaper. Fuck, sorry. I was like, maybe it's cheaper to go to Coles. Maybe I'll save, like, realistically optimistically a dollar and I'm like yeah man but I'm moving to the UK that's what's it's, that's where my mind immediately goes I'm like I want Doritos I'm moving to the UK I need to save money but I want Doritos I'm running to Coles <laughs> just sprinting across traffic going like <laughs> if I don't make it before Coles shuts you know I'm not going to be able to get to the UK with enough money to survive. This is make or break stuff. Everything is always in my mind in the most dramatic possible terms. It's like, you just want some fucking Doritos, man. It's fine. I feel like some people, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's a person who will run for the bus and there's a person who won't. And if you run for the bus, you're running for everything. Like if you run for the bus, you're also running for coals and for you know, whatever other thing in life. I remember in high school, I remember my my mate, her older cousin, who was like two years older and she was always like talking about how he was really cool. She evidently looked up to him quite a lot. And uh, I just, I remember once her saying to me that he had said to her that, he would never run for a bus, even if it meant that he was going to miss the bus because it looks so dumb to run for a bus. He would rather walk and look cool and miss the bus than, you know, like do himself the indignity of running and looking desperate. And I remember when she said that, she said that with a kind of reverence. It was just like, how cool is that? He's really cool, hey? And I remember thinking but not saying, 
I run for the tram at least once a week. <laughs> I'm running for the tram. I remember I was such a spazzy little kid. <laughs> I used to have, I would take all of my books to and from school every day. I didn't like leaving them in my locker. I don't know why. I find it difficult to trust people. <laughs> um, so I would take all of my books in my bag. So my bag is completely full. I'm carrying around this fucking dead weight of books and lunches and stuff and just psycho amount of shit. And, uh, Oh, and on days that I had soccer, I would also have my sports bag. And then I would get off the tram in the morning and there's a bunch of people from school who are on the tram and it's the same people every day. And I would get off the tram and my only mission was to be first to school, but also never run. To not ever run, but just to walk faster than every single other person. I remember sometimes like, cause the tram would stop at Morfitt road and it would cross the road and then the stop was on the other side of the road. So we'd get out and then we'd go back and we'd have to cross the tram tracks to walk down Morfitt road towards school. And sometimes another tram would be coming. And so the boom gates would go down, but I would see them go down and be like, no, nah, I'm still going to cross. And I would cross and not get hit. And then look, chance a little glimpse, glance behind me and see everyone else on the other side of the tracks waiting for the tram and I would think, you fucking idiots. I, I have an unassailable lead today. Because in my mind, it was this competition and there were always a couple of other people who would walk fast and it was like my fucking mission to walk faster than them. I would walk unnaturally fast, freakishly fast and not say anything to them, not make eye contact, not talk, nothing. Just just blitzing the walk to school. God, I don't know why I needed to get there so quick. It was just so important to me that I was first. God. Anyway, what was I talking about? Running for the bus, running to Coles. Thank God, I almost forgot that. So I... uh, yeah, I get to Coles and they're shut. So we go to 7-Eleven. I mean, fuck, man. The Doritos was $6.50. That's a nightmare. Yeah, that's a... That's a br- I've spent like 500 bucks on crap this week. Anyway, doesn't matter. So I got some Doritos. Um, <laughs> is that the whole story? Oh, what the fuck? This podcast is fuck. It's, <laughs> it's trash. What am I talking about? <laughs> I go off on this long tangent <laughs> about school and <laughs> walking faster than all the other kids. And I'm like, anyway, back to the story. So I bought some Doritos. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, my God. Fuck. Well, anyway, that's going to be the photo for this week. It was me walking down the street, holding up the packet of Doritos that I then sent to my friend to be like, hey, your story just made me think of buying Doritos. Great. Great story, Aiden. Incredible stuff. Fascinating. (sighs) 
I'm in Sydney. I'm doing the, uh, the Sydney Comedy Festival. By the way, if you're in Sydney, I'm doing the Sydney Comedy Festival this week. Um, how's this fucking interaction I had today? I went to the flower joint near my mate's place in Coogee to get some flowers. And I get there and it's like a beautiful setup or whatever. And I go in and I'm like, oi, give me some flowers. And uh, there's like a few there and she's like, okay, we've got these. What's your budget? And I'm like, oh, like 50 bucks. And she's like, well, these are 65. I'm like, do you have any for 50? She's like, nah, these are 65. I'm like, okay. There's two bunches that are 65. One of them smaller pink and the other one's larger. And they're kind of like, I can't remember what color they were. Maybe they were orange. I was like, could I get ones that are like the larger ones, but they're pink rather than orange? And she's like, oh, she she literally goes, can you just buy these ones? <laughs> and I was like, um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like if I said my budget's 50 and now you're saying 65, if I want to spend 65, like I better be getting exactly what I want, right? Right? Don't listen to me. Get all squeaky. Right? She goes, yeah, just buy these. And I'm like, normal. I said to her, normally when I go to the florist, like, like they like choose a bunch of different flowers and make me up a bunch there and then I do it and it's really nice. And she kind of looked at me and was just like, I, um, oh. <laughs> like she had nothing to say. I was like, all right, man, I guess I'll go somewhere else. Thanks. And I left. She let me leave. What a fucking loser. That was the most incredible thing ever. Was it the most incredible thing ever, Aiden? Or was it just something that happened to you that was annoying? I couldn't believe it. The customer service, it was poor. I guess I'm just a person who when I go to a place, I want to have some kind of experience or connection. I wanted to spend 50. I'm happy to spend 65, but I want there to be a connection if I'm going to spend 65. I walked. Listen, that place is five minutes away from where I'm staying at my mate's place. I walked, yeah, 25 minutes to the next closest florist, got in there. The lady was cool. I was chatting to her. I told her the story. I was like, this fucking loser. We had a lovely chat. We talked. She told me about comedy. I told her I was going to go meet my girlfriend at the airport. She was excited for me. She told me she went and saw Burt Kreischer on Saturday. She said, the comedy festival's on. I was like, I know I'm performing. You should come to my show. I gave her my name. She might come to the show. That's the kind of fucking shit I'm talking about. Will, why don't you just buy these ones? Are you fucking crazy? In what universe am I just going to buy, just because you said that, why don't you just buy these? Oh, yeah, okay. Since you put it so persuasively, yeah, I'll just spend 15 more dollars. Fuck you. Oh, yuck. I'm still angry. I can't get out of it. Last night, <laughs> here's another one. Last night, I was um, doing this show at the Factory Theatre, the early show. And I'm doing my set. <clears throat> Maybe I'll put this up. I'll put the recording of the set up. That's fun when I do that sometimes, isn't it? I, um, I'm doing my set 
and it's gone pretty well. Gone okay. I'm not really connecting with the audience, but I'm doing fine. The jokes are going good. And I hit a joke and they laugh and the laugh, as the laugh is dying away, this lady from the audience, I just hear go, ha, 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 like that, like flat and sarcastic, ha, ha, ha. And it, people around her heard and I paused and looked at her. I couldn't figure out who it was. I should have asked who it was. I should have tried to rat him out like a little fucking bug, but... I don't know. I guess I wanted to do well. I didn't want to get too far off course. I felt like I didn't have time. I don't know what it was, but I just, I, yeah, I felt, I, it rocked me. The sarcasm, it hurt. And I looked in the direction of where it came and I, there were like two or three people that I was like, it could have been you or you or you. But instead of saying that, I just went, you fucking what, cunt? And, and everyone laughed and I was like, motherfucker. And I explained to everyone, I was like, I do the joke, the laugh's dying down and I just hear ha, ha, ha. I'm like, ha, you fucking, I'll kill you. What the fuck? How dare you? And I just went off on her for like, I don't know, 30 seconds or something and kind of made the rest of the set a bit about that. I did a callback to it at the end. I was like, all right, I've got this show. It's this and that and whatever. And everyone except one of you can come. And they all laughed and I was like, eh, ha, 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 all right, bye. I couldn't believe it, man. It's incredible. The sarcasm. I really want to know what the intent behind it was. Were they trying to be funny? Was it meant for other people to hear? I guess because they didn't speak up. Maybe it was like not meant for other people. Maybe it just came out. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But it shook me to my core. Oh, I thought of a joke today here. Speaking of weird audience members, a few months ago I did that gig. I think I was talking about it on the pod in um, McKinnon and there was a drunk lady and at one point she was talking to the headliner on the show and she was in front of me and she was trying to convince him that she was just helping the show by being drunk and calling out because she was helping the comedians by giving them something to riff on, which is just the worst, most dog shit fucking opinion that stupid idiot audience members have sometimes and um i'm like no but you're not helping the show and it's bad and she goes she goes i've been to a lot of comedy festivals she goes have you been have you ever been to any comedy festivals that's right i was talking about it because i literally made the fucking name of that episode that have you ever been to any comedy festivals and i was like i've been doing comedy for 12 years mate like what the fuck and i got angry but I was thinking today about that and about how do you ever like meet someone? I guess the setup of the joke is like sexuality is definitely not a choice, whether you're gay or straight or whatever. But if it was a choice, there would be some people who would be pretty low on options. Like, do you ever meet a woman who's so annoying that you're like, you would have to be straight because no woman would be dumb enough to fuck you i reckon that's pretty funny hey because you think it's gonna be as soon as i start talking about a woman i think it sounds kind of abrasive and people are a little bit scared that maybe i want to say something awful so i go do you ever meet a woman so yeah maybe that do you ever meet a maybe i could just open it with that do you ever meet a woman so dumb no you can't say dumb because that's in the punchline do you ever meet a woman so annoying that you think you, that, that it's like you have to be straight 
do you ever meet a woman who's so annoying that they that you know they're straight because you think no woman would be dumb enough to fuck you? <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Because <laughs> they're annoying, but they're also a woman, so they're not going to fuck another dumb woman. It's like I'm, you know... If you just say, do you ever meet a woman so annoying, immediately people are, <laughs> people are freaking out. Oh, maybe it would be better if I go, do you ever meet a man who's so annoying that you're like, you have to be gay because no woman would be dumb enough to fuck you. I feel like it works for some reason. No, it's, it's more like I'm goading the audience by saying, do you ever meet a woman so annoying? Yeah, is that phrase? Do you ever meet a woman so annoying? People are immediately angry, <laughs> and then you go, "You have to be straight because no other woman would be dumb enough to fuck you." <laughs> but man, ah, men, men. <laughs> That's funny. I like it. Maybe I'll try that on stage. It could bomb. It could very well bomb. That's an exciting joke to try. I don't have any jokes like that in my set. I'll try it. I'll try when I get back to Melbourne. Anyway, have I got any more stuff I want to say? Ah, not really, mate. Sydney Comedy Festival, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 10 past 8 at the Airmore Theatre. Sunday, 10 past 7, one hour earlier. I think that's the pod this week. I got, what's the time? Seven, two hours till I go meet my girlfriend. How about it? Huh? I'm so excited. I hope you guys are doing good. I hope you're excited about something. And you know what? I hope that you yourself this week find the time to make the perfect cup of tea and the time to enjoy it. What a beautiful thing. Thank you very much for listening this week. Five stars on those podcast apps, by the way. If you haven't done it yet and you're listening now, fucking go do it. Don't be a dog. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening. And I'll catch you next week. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. Should I get angry at Oh, fucking what? <laughs> There's more of the joke if you want, you fucking robot. <laughs> I don't even want to do it now. I feel hurt and scared. <laughs> you guys think that we're just up here and we're just so strong, but I have fear. All right, it's, it's over, it's over. But I genuinely, I'm really angry. <laughs> do I come across like someone who's been fired from 14 jobs in my life? Can you tell? <laughs> Ha ha ha.